Hi there, welcome to the RevOp Show. We are time traveling back to the past for this episode as Doug and Jess recorded this prior to Halloween, so don't be alarmed that they haven't caught up to the holiday spirit just yet. So what can you expect today? The discussion revolves around mistakes with setting up analytics, reports, and dashboards. Doug and Jess get into the issues with having too much data to look at and how to get better aligned on the data you are looking at as a team. So let's roll into that intro music and get started. Jess! Doug! Yes. Doug! Jess, what is going on today? Oh, you know, I've like been in meetings all day. So I'm Come on. ready you know, for your, this. Your fans want to know what's going on. What's going on in the world of Jess? What's going on in the world of Jess? So your um, birthday last week? Was my birthday last week. Went to a wedding. Um, you got married on your birthday? I didn't. I was not. I went to a wedding, but I did not get married. You know, you should have told me you were going to say that. I could have had going to the chapel queued up. Oh, man. Too bad. Too bad. Missed opportunity. My my best friend, for my longest best friend i uh, got married over the weekend how, longest how my best long friend. is he jess <laughs> how long is he very long um yeah how long so. is your how long is your average friend how long is my average friend oh yeah we're not doing this <laughs> 68 inches exactly exactly uh rangers See, you tried rangers, to avoid all this you try to avoid my I oldest did. friend i did and you just walked into a I did. Just trying to avoid smart aleck remarks and didn't 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 succeed at all. Nope. Nope. Um Rangers are in the World Series. I hope they don't break my heart. The New York Rangers are in the World Series? I didn't know that was possible. Hundred <laughs> percent. Up two one. As we are recording this episode, the Up Texas two Rangers one. are are leading the Arizona Diamondbacks. Two games yep. to one. They are. Happy Halloween, by the way. Happy it's Halloween. It's a Halloween. It is. It is a hollow. It is a hollow day. Do you pass out candy, Doug, or do you turn all the lights off in the house? So, so you're you're actually, you you actually, you know, you know how salty I am about Halloween, don't you? I don't know that we've ever talked about how salty you are about Halloween. No. Oh yes, we have. We have. Okay. okay. So I, I, I'll admit I become a a get off my lawn. So so you're curmudgeon. I, I used to love Halloween. We used to love Halloween. We right. We give uh, we gave good candy too. Mm-hmm. Um. So you remember we had Darby. Oh yes, that's legally right. legally a vicious dog. Yeah. We had people who came onto our yard and fucked with her. Yeah. And that's right. You know, so so like we had to do a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, she, I remember when I called one about, what was it? You know, we, we called, you know, someone, someone literally came up to the top of our yard. Mm-hmm. Darby was sleeping and you know how dogs sometimes sleep on, on their back. Yep. Right. And so I'm pretty sure she tried to pet her mm-hmm. and, and Darby would like, if, if you arose her, especially when she was on her back, she'd flip like really fast. Yep. It would freak me out sometimes. Little girl fell on top of the dog because I heard the dog whelp. I heard Darby right. whelp. Then I heard her yeah. heard the girl whelp. And I felt really bad for her and everything, but then that yeah. became a mess. And then people yeah. started, like we had people telling us that you need to get rid of your dog. 
Yeah. yeah and you remember Darby. I, I met Darby. Darby's like the most right. lovable and, dog. You've and ever so met in your life. I got, I got to the point. I'm like, you know what? I mean, I remember when I called the insurance company and I'm explaining what happened, the insurance adjuster, just because I wanted to be prepared, goes, oh, so she did her job. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and so, um, yeah, I'm not, I, we, I don't, I, I opted yeah, out Halloween at that point. I'm like, you know what, if, if, if the neighborhood's going to be. Yeah. Um, by the way, the other thing that happened on that was she actually went on a dangerous dog list. I remember, I remember this. And so apparently <laughs> there's like a list, like a sexual, like a sex offenders list. Ah. So it's like our address. There's like a GPS with dots of where dangerous dogs are. Uh, Some new family came to the neighborhood. Danny's talking to the mom and the girl mm-hmm. comes like, a daughter comes up and goes, mommy, mommy, isn't this where the dangerous dog is? Oh my God. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So it was, yeah. So I'm, it, it's a salty. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to get you. I, I didn't mean to get you that. going. I thought, yeah. I was like, no, I didn't know that about Halloween. Yeah, I don't remember talking about it. To you. So what about you, Jess? What are you, uh, what are you going as? I'm going as a tired mom. <laughs> going out so so you now do you chaperone the kids or you just let them go um we chaperone them i don't i i don't trust people so yeah that that's the part of me that's real paranoid do you trust are you worried that like they're gonna put razor blades in their TV exactly or something? exactly exactly that's what i'm no i'm i'm worried i, I have an un reasonable fear that somebody's gonna maybe reasonable who knows uh, that somebody's gonna take them i so so no i chaperone them <laughs> so like depending upon the day are, are there days that you wouldn't chaperone them <laughs> exactly no no you, did you ever do you remember the uh do you know the short story old old short story uh the ransom of red chief no so these people kidnap this kid this rambunctious kid and um to try to ransom them. And the kids obviously, you know, is a terror throughout everything and goes through this process and it finishes with the kidnappers offering, offering to pay a ransom if the parents will take them back. Yeah. Yeah. There are some days I feel like that that's a possibility. <laughs> so, so, so you chaperone them. So do you chaperone them or does, does husband chaperone them? So Juan's probably going to take them. Now does Juan it's... get, it does Juan get in costume? No, she's just going as an exhausted dad. One, one. So Halloween is not his his thing. Like he's fine with it, but I've never, I've never actually seen him get in the costume other than like Shouldn't me forcing the him to. Also have to go in costume. In I agree. Costume? I agree. I'm going to talk to him and, about this when he gets home. And it actually wouldn't be hard for him. No, does he have like a long coat that you might wear over a suit, something like that. Yeah, probably. So he could just yeah. wear that. Without putting his arms in there and 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 his lightsaber. That's true. Yeah, he, you know what? That's that would problem be solved. That, he would probably would be... be all about that. He would probably yeah. be all about that because he'd get to bring his lightsaber. Be about and that. Say... Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> does he do that when he moves it around? When he when he takes it out? Does, does he make it, the sound? It makes sound what? effects. It makes sound effects when you the one the ones that we have they they make sound when you move them. Oh, that's no fun if you don't make the sound. Okay, well, I'm sorry, but that they we have fancy ones. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what what what's Juan's take on spaceballs? Oh, he loves spaceballs. Yeah, it's just hilarious. Does he does he do the ring? Saber? I 
Oh yeah. I remember that now. I was going to say, I don't remember that part, but yes, I do. Yes. He's done that before. And so what are the girls going as? So Isabel is going as a day of the dead dancer. I don't know where the hell this came from. This was all, I mean, I collect dolls, but like this so was this all is her like idea. Jerry Garcia, someone who dances with Jerry Garcia. Sure. Dance with Jerry Garcia. Sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, or, you know, Coco, if you've seen the movie Coco, so she's going as like that. Um, and then you know that I know nothing about Day of the Dead. I know all you I do. I know you do. And the other reference, you're not going to get it all because you don't have little kids. My uh, younger one is going as a character from the Disney movie, The Descendants. She's going as Audrey because and Audrey's the bad guy, but Audrey also wears pink. So and she gets to wear a wig. I thought the bad guys wore black. I thought that's what the kids thought. Or they drove black cars. They drove black cars. That's what that's what Isabella thought. She thought you were a bad guy because you drove a black car. That was Isabella. So that's what they're going as. So neither of them going as Taylor Swift. No, actually, now that you bring that up, I'm shocked that Isabella is not going as Taylor Swift. Now that you now that you say that. <laughs> anybody, anybody you know going as Taylor Swift's boyfriend? No, that's really a missed opportunity. Like Juan could have gone as Travis Kelsey and Isabella could have gone as Taylor Swift. Man, I'm disappointed. I'm like really disappointed what, in this. What would you have afternoon delight playing in the background? That would be horrible. You can't oh have my dad God. Go what is as, wrong with you? You can't have dad go as Travis Kelsey and daughter go as Taylor Swift. That's not me. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't gone, know. Jess. We've I gone think, to a place. I think, I think we need to keep you from getting in any more trouble than you've already gotten into. Jesus. You're the one who brought that up. Okay. Wow. You can't blame me. Anyway, speaking of uh, Taylor's boyfriend, um, mm-hmm. I actually laughed at an insurance commercial the other week. Did you oh, see? Oh, I the, saw uh, he, that he was in the yeah. Well, do you do you see that um, that they were telling it was an Allstate? I think Allstate is what what they do, or State Farm, or whatever. I can't. I mean, who who cares what the company is? The the whole um, you know with Patrick Mahomes, um, and and the the theme of the campaign right now is is combining your auto and home insurance so mm-hmm. it was Mahomes and that Kelsey should change his name to Mahato Mahato okay yep I got it so they had a jersey Mahato 87 on there then there was something about like how, why can't he change his name to something like Kelsey you see that you save money by combining your insurance oh my god yeah. <laughs> bad but, but, but the Mahato I thought was funny. That's All good. right, what are we talking about today, Jess? Today, we're going to talk about common mistakes made when setting up your reports and analytics. You pick this topic. Um, so we'll talk about common mistakes, but I think what we're really going to get to today is, is have you noticed that, that the more and easier reporting becomes, the less efficient and more expensive. I just had a scary thought. I thought I had forgotten to hit record. But we're good. Um, <laughs> no, I knew you were recording. <laughs> the the like you you get the opposite of of what you should get. Have yeah. you noticed that? Like I have, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's what I want to talk about today. Why that is. Okay. So But I don't want to I don't want to go right there. No, because we've got to give, we've got to give your fans the My experience fans. That, that they've come to expect. 
So, so let's start with, let's take a step back. Let's start with what is the goal of reporting metrics and analytics? What do you think? What do you think the goal is? So I think the goal is to, I'm going to steal a phrase that you say commonly separate the signal from the noise. I think, I think the goal is to get an indication of, of something to, to, um, I think you're looking for something that that's actionable that will prompt questions and and will give you insight into what's going on. I think you're looking for a picture of what is going on. That's that's what the goal you're with reporting is. And that could be what's going on with your sales team, that could be how is marketing performing. I I think you're looking for a signal. So, I think that there's there there are two reasons, there are two goals, two reasons why why you have reporting analytics dashboards. And and what we're going to get to is is quote unquote reporting and dashboards probably more so than analytics, just yeah. because analytics is so much about the d- the data conversations that we've had before. I'm I'm sure I'll touch on it. But you're either looking you're 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 well actually I'm going to say three. Um, I forgot you're you're looking to for an intervention. You're looking for context, or you're looking for an answer to a question. That that. That connects to either an intervention or or context. What do you mean by intervention? Um, I want to know. Do I need to do something so that either something happens or something doesn't happen? Right. So so there's an action that I want to take. Or or by the way, I'm I also want to know. Do I not want to do that? Right. Right. So. Um. Like if if I have a report that tells me I'm I'm down twenty percent, mm-hmm. my answer is going to be okay. That may be true, but what good does that do me? Right. If if it's not telling me that I'm down twenty percent and giving me g- giving me the signal that allows me to form a hypothesis to be able to do something about it, doesn't tell you why you're why you might be down twenty percent. Um. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes asking for a report to tell you why, you know, so, so if I'm flying an airplane, if I'm a pilot flying an airplane, basically I'm going on a status. There's, there's, there's two statuses in the world for, mm-hmm. for a pilot mm-hmm. um, as someone who doesn't have a pilot's license, but I've watched, I've flown many times and I've watched lots of shows that have planes in them. So I feel like that makes me an expert. So you play one on TV. Um, <laughs> I've never actually been one on TV, but I've watched a number of uh, okay. TV personalities who have, who have done this. No, you're you're either um, you're either within expectations or you're outside of expectations. Okay. So everything is performing as it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. In which case, you and, and by the way, that that's the situation probably ninety nine point five percent of the time when you're flying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Right. Is yep on course. Engines are working, right? If if my dial tells me that I'm going to run into a mountain, my altimeter tells me I'm going to crash two seconds before I crash, mm-hmm. I just assume not know. Right. Yeah. Right? So what what happens is I can look at something that, that, that looks off. So something shows that it's off. Um, 
it's outside of expectations. And, and that's an early signal that lets me then dig in. I would say that more often than not, mm -hmm. no intervention is necessary. Okay. Right. And, and so, you know, for, for reporting to be valuable, it's got to be based on something. Like you have to know what's in norm, what's out of norm. Right. What's happening. And, and, and again, I think that, um, you know, there's a context element where, where this is slightly not true. Um, I would say it's the same thing that we talk about with data, which is if, if your reports and dashboards enable you to ask better questions, mm -hmm. then you're going to get value from them. But sure. when you're looking for them to provide the quote unquote answer, when it, you know, when it aids your thinking, it's helpful. When it replaces your thinking, it's very damaging. And I think a lot of people go to reports and dashboards to replace their thinking. Okay. So, so what do you mean by so, context then? So, so there, there, there are two elements of context. Mm -hmm. um, there's a legitimate element. Where are we? Like, where's our right. location? Where are we? Okay. Um, hey, this is what our, this was our plan for this year. Where are we? Where are we right. in relation to our plan? That's the context. Yep. Um, you know, how are we doing? On, on that, I'm not necessarily looking to do an intervention. I'm not necessarily looking for an intervention. Although, if how are we doing um, isn't accurate, mm -hmm. like, I'm sorry, isn't on course, then, then that should lead to an intervention. Right. Sure. Um, but, you know, an example could be um, our, our operations team needs to know how many engineers are going to be used in something. So how is that progressing? Um are, are our projects being completed in the time and parameters that we expect? So, so a good dashboard, a good report provides some, some, some GPS functionality. Yeah. It, it, it in essence helps create the context to, to manage those other interventions. And then when you say answer to a question, like what, what, so, cause you, cause you had said earlier, you're not necessarily looking for an answer. So. Well, I, I said when they give you, like, I don't know that I necessarily expect it to tell me why I'm behind, Okay, mm -hmm. but I might go, Hey, I'm, you know, we, we have an initiative that, that were, you know, we had, a, we, we, you know, we have an initiative that we're going to take this action and, and, you know, by, 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 by adding additional meetings, it will give us time to dig deeper which will right. enable us to increase average sale and increase our close rate. Mm -hmm. Just right. So I, I'm going to have questions as we go through that. I'm going to, sure. I might look at maybe I want to know when, when, when the situation looks like this, what do we look like? So, so one right. of the problems with a lot of reporting is reporting left to its own um, reports averages. And one of the problems with averages is, is they hide a lot of the truth. So averages are factually correct and oftentimes completely wrong. Yep. Right. On average, if I've got one foot in a boiling hot pot of water and one foot in an ice bucket, on average, I'm fine. Right. So, so we're looking at our average sales value and, and everything's coming in. Everything's coming in fine, except that we've got two sales mm -hmm. that have disproportionately skewed our numbers north. Right. So the reality is there's really a degradation of, of average sale value that's happening. So as we're talking about reports, you mentioned that we would hit on dashboards. So what, what makes a good dashboard? So a, a dashboard 
a, a dashboard, I, th I think the main, th like a job to be done. So, so as an example, I have a dashboard that is, um, that, that is my primary context dashboard for, for, um, for our growth side, right? So I can see how are we doing? How are we doing relative to key benchmarks? Um, I have a dashboard that's designed for me to be able to see trends. Mm -hmm. um, I have a dashboard that allows us to see where are things, where are we from an implementation standpoint. So, so, so in essence, you know, based upon the, the initiatives, based upon um, the strategy, what, what a dashboard does is it groups a mm -hmm. series of reports together. Yep. That, that um, play into each other. So, so it's like, um, you know, if we think about a card dashboard, which is where it comes from, it's these, these dials go together. Right. Um, and, and, and so there's a, like, so every dashboard should have a very clear purpose. And, and do you think that's, I know we're going to get to common mistakes, but do you think that that's a step that gets skipped frequently when you see dashboards being developed? Yes. Frequently, if, if I would say it's far more the exception that it's, yeah. a, that it's done than, than, than it is the rule. Do you think it's just because people are like, I like this report, I like that report, we're going to put them together, or... I think that, I think that answering why mm -hmm. is a really hard question. And so it takes, it takes thinking. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, if you use data correctly... Mm -hmm. If you use metrics correctly, they give you greater clarity and less certainty. What do you mean by that? So, so a good report, and if you look at BI, and by the way, I had my brother yelling in my head as I was about to say something. So I was correcting, I was changing what I was saying as <laughs> I heard my brother yelling, um, who has a BI company. Yeah. And, and it's like, we, I think we talked about this with forecasting, right? A lot of people, I mean, my favorite thing is people tell, you know, people reach out to us regularly and one of their primary motivators is their, you know, our forecasting isn't accurate. We need, we need to improve right. our forecasting. And, and, and the reason that their forecasting isn't accurate, like my favorite, you know, we, we need to improve our forecasting so we can report to the board. Yeah. It's like, well, what they really want to report to the board is, that everything's fine because they don't want the board to yell at them. And it's like, sure. Okay, well, actually, actually your forecast is, you know, the, the fact that you're showing that you've got a 90% gap, that, that's actually probably pretty accurate. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating for, for fun here a little bit. So, you know, I mean, why do so many new reports get created? Why do so many dashboards get created? We're, we're going to hit on this in a minute. It's because, um, you know, sometimes I have a question that's just kind of like a, a, a wild hair. I'm curious about something. And then all of a sudden we make that a report or a dashboard or, um, you know, sometimes we want to know something just because we want to know it. And, and then now we feel like I have an answer. Um, and that answer creates certainty. Whereas, you know, um, there's no such thing as an accurate forecast. Forecasting by definition is probabilistic. Yep. But nobody wants, but if I say there's a 95% chance of that you know, this is 95 percent accurate we we all want to go oh okay well well this is a done deal right except one out of 20 times so so think of it this way i was i was telling somebody yeah. that 
Um, I think that we've got, I think there's a two and three chance we win this one. It's like, oh, I feel great about that. I feel much better. About that. And I'm like, okay. I feel, I mean, I definitely feel confident about it, but it means every three situations we have like this. Yeah. I'm gonna lose. It doesn't go the way, like I'm right. predicting we're going to win the business where I wouldn't continue to be working it. Right. But one out of three times, my prediction is going to be wrong. Right. Yep. yep. So, so I think that it, 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 so, so what this does is it gives me like a good reporting mechanism creates clarity because it helps to isolate, it curates. The thing is when you measure too much, mm-hmm. I, I actually think it's worse than not measuring enough. I didn't used to think that. And I'm, and I don't know that I'm ready, ready to firmly commit to that statement, but, um, so why do you feel that way? Why do you feel like measuring too much is worse? So you're not supposed to ask me questions that I haven't thought about. So it goes back to signal versus noise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let, 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 let's say I have five different schemas that are all effective. Okay. But they all get to where they get to on a different path. Mm-hmm. If I try to use all five of those, like, have you ever looked at, um, they, 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 they show the, you know, hurricanes coming. They show the American model, the European model. Yep. Right now, b- because they isolate it the way that they do that we misread it for, for certainty purposes. Right. Right. Um, and all you have to know for that is look at, you know, hurricane Otis that hit Acapulco. Right that like a day before was predicted to be a tropical storm and turned into a category five hurricane. Right. Right. Wow. This stuff is complex. Yeah. Um, so as you, as you're watching so much, you, you know, where do you go? It's, yeah. it's like, if I were coaching you and I said, okay, Jess, what I need you to do is this. And then be careful about this. But then when you're using your tone, I need to do this. And then make yep. sure you look up and don't hunch over and, 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 right. So it's like, yep. I can't, I can't manage that. And, right. then, and then I think there's, you have another element where, you know, far too often metrics, data and metrics are, are like a lamppost is for a drunk mm-hmm. used for support far more than for illumination. Right. So, so what ends up happening is we put together, I mean, my favorite thing is people say you should be data driven. You should, when, when, when you're advising your clients, you should lead with data. Mm-hmm. And so I always like to say to those people, I'm like, you know, you're, so the question is, I need to, I need to lead off with, um, so what does the data tell us? Right. Right. So you're asking me, what does the data tell us? And you know what the honest answer to that question is? I don't know. What would you like the data to tell you? Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Because, because I can put together the data in, in all number of ways. Yep. Um, and and so like the the biggest value of of metrics, I think is our surprises. What's the unexpected? As a matter of fact, we just, you know, we're we're getting ready to launch a new page. Vic was saying to me today, she's she's always reticent to ask a lot of people for their opinion because everyone's yeah. got one. Yeah. Right? And and I said, oh, I agree with you, right? Yeah. But here here's how you manage that, mm-hmm. right? I don't really care what they're like. I'm asking everyone for their feedback. 
Right. But I don't really care what their feedback is. That doesn't mean I don't care what their feedback is. <laughs> what it means is there there were lots of choices that were made. Yeah. Right? There there were there is no perfect answer. What I wanted to find out is as we started getting broad feedback from a broader group of people, did we get any feed what feedback surprised us? What feedback did we oh, expect? Okay. Yeah. Or 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 what hit something that we were specifically concerned about? Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so I'm not looking at it in the broad sense of the beginning. And, and so it's kind of like, if I were to take a look at everyone's opinion, this is kind of what happened. Actually, I'm getting to why measuring too much is bad. Yeah. It's like trying to listen to everyone's opinion, which means, well, okay, if I want to make Jess happy, then what Drew said, right. Drew's not going to like that. But then here, and then here, and, and yeah. right. It's like, okay, no, what? The, the other thing to realize is when, when you're looking at a report, when you're looking at a dashboard, when you're looking, um, unless you're looking at, at, um, you know, lagging indicators, right? Like how much revenue did we do this month? Right. Right. That, that is reality. That's how much mm -hmm. revenue we did this month. Yeah, sure. It doesn't necessarily do you a lot of good after that. Other than maybe I know, do I have enough to pay the bills? Right. Exactly. But everything else is not reality. Mm -hmm. So, so what what does the pipeline look like? Mm -hmm. That's not reality, right? It's a model. Mm -hmm. It's a map. Mm -hmm. It it's an estimation. Over time, it can even be a really good estimation, mm -hmm. but it's still not reality. Right. And, and and the place where you get yourself into trouble, and it's really easy to get yourself into trouble, is. You know, it's the Mark Twain quote. It's not what you don't know that'll hurt you. It's what you think you know that ain't so. Right. And so then the other thing that happens with metrics is we start thinking that it's the numbers that matter. Let's move right. the metric. And what yep. happens when we start managing by numbers is, is we separate that from, from complexity. We separate that from complex ecosystems. We make it, we isolate rather than integrate. Mm -hmm. um, now, now, separating can be great in terms of forming a hypothesis, but we begin to over-design, we begin to over-manage, we begin to think it's about moving this number. Mm -hmm. when, when the number is just, I mean, the number is the byproduct. The number is almost by definition lagging, right? So, so my deal quality is, is, is a result of a whole bunch of things that went into it beforehand. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and by the way, the world is always shifting, especially in go to market. Sure. So if I was measuring deal quality by the mm -hmm. same things I measured deal quality for, from a predictability standpoint, at least, um, you know, the same way I measured it three years ago, I'd, I'd be hurting us because I'd be underestimating. Well, well, when do you change your, your, your prediction engine, right? Yeah. You don't change your prediction engine until you're wrong. Yeah. Yep. Right. Because you don't know it changed until it changed. Right. So like those are all the things. And if I'm if I'm watching, you know, if there are seven hundred and eighty seven reports and three hundred dashboards, and then and then the next thing that happens is you don't have no version of the of the truth. You mm -hmm. have seven hundred versions of the truth. Yep. Right? Yep. And I'd rather know that I don't know yep. and have a whole bunch of people think, Oh no, we're right. Yep. Boss. I looked at the data. We're, 
are we looking at the same data? Are we looking at the same data the same way? Yep. Which gets um, to a concept that I don't understand. Which is what? The democratization of data, the democratization of metrics and reporting. What does that mean? <laughs> well, haven't you heard that? Haven't you heard that term? I've we're heard democratizing it. Democratizing data. We're democratizing. What, is, what does it mean? What does that mean? It means we're, you know, it used to be that metrics and data and insights were only available to the elite, to a select few. Yep. So we're, by democratizing it, we're making it available to everybody. And I mean, it's a battle cry of a whole lot of, of orgs, right? Mm -hmm. You're a salesperson. Why should you, why shouldn't you be able to create your own? I'll tell you why. Because it's you're, not your job. I was going to say you're triggering me. So it, many places. It, it's, <laughs> it's it's not your job. Yep. You you don't have the experience, probably. Yep. Um, now, does that mean I don't think a salesperson should be able to create some reports that matter for them? Yeah, I pro I, I I probably do. Mm -hmm. But I know some salespeople, you know, we talked about they only spent, send, you know, a third of their time actually selling, you know, technology has actually reduced the amount of time that they're selling because they can now create. Right. 367 reports. Um, and, and so, you know, one of the questions that I, that, that, that I have is, you know, I don't like bottlenecks. I don't like constraints. You know, I don't, and this is going to sound bad. This is going to sound judgmental. I don't think that most people know what to do with data. So you, you said creating, but you're talking about creating or even having access to like, no, I'm talking dashboards. about creating. Okay. You're talking about creating. Okay. We're still Be creating. because I create okay. something that gives mm -hmm. me data. Yep. And, and the, the, the difficulty with that is now I have all this data. Well, every time I look at data, see like, I don't think humans are built to be good with data. No. Because every time we look at data, data is an impulse. Meaning I have the impulse to do something with it? No, or... it gives me an impulse. It's a stimulus. Data is okay. a stimulus. Okay. Sorry, data is a stimulus. Okay. So if I give you a stimulus, mm -hmm. if I say, look at this. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to look for something to do. Yeah. You know, when, when I was, when I was managing people's money, which was very data driven, when I was coaching baseball, which was very data driven, mm -hmm. we get a whole new set of data and it's like, okay, what do we got to do? Right. And the hardest thing was, you know what we have to do? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. It goes back to, um, one of the first conversations. I think, I think this is actually the time that you said, this is where I want to work. I think this is when you decided you wanted to work here. Yep. Our first 90 day review. And I said, Jess, I got some really good news for you. You're like, oh, what's that? Because you weren't expecting any good news because we hadn't seen anything good happen yet. And I said, well, the good news is we haven't gotten a single conversion, a single response to any of the content that we've created so far. So I can tell you with a very high degree of certainty, we're barking up the wrong tree. Yep. Right. We are biologically programmed to do. We're adders. Yep. And as we add and add and add, we just create more and more complication. We create complexity for the sake of complexity. Yep. It's not the intent. And when, when in fact, what we need to be doing more often than not is subtracting. By the way, if you want to have a big impact, mm -hmm. 
you have a far bigger impact when you stop doing something. Right. By the way, when you stop doing something, it has an immediate impact. Mm-hmm. When you start doing something, it takes a while for it to have an impact. So you don't agree with the democratization, I can't say it, the de- democratization of data. So I don't think it's the democratization of data. I think it's the anarchization of data. Okay. I think what's happened is in, in, in the pursuit of, of freedom, in the, in the pursuit of, of agency. Mm-hmm. We've created um, anarchy. We've created anarchy. Okay. But be, because, I mean, you know, this, this has hit me because of a couple of things. We, we've, we've gotten some, um, we have some prospects that have, you know, been on HubSpot for a while. So I'm in their portal. I'm looking at things and I'm like, oh my God, I can't even make sense of anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I looked at some portals that, that we've been managing over the course no, of four yeah. or five, six years. And I'm like, yeah. Um, and it's like Bob clones that ba- dashboard and creates a very similar one, but different and like, well, we're, I mean, that's just one, one of the issues. We're looking at one portal and they've got like three report. They have three dashboards that all have the same name. Yeah. But all have different, which by the way, I'm surprised is you're allowed to do that, but. Same. And, and they all have different reports. Yeah. And, and this dashboard has two report widgets on it. This dashboard has one, this dashboard has seven. And I'm like, I don't understand. And, and one dashboard has visits call activity. Yep. Um, and I forget. And I'm like, what, what do these things have to do with each other? Yep. Yep. Um, and then, so, so it's like, you know, I, I remember when we started doing on the marketing side and man, I loved marketing automation because we could measure everything. Right. And I was a big believer, let people see their data, let people see their data. And I'm not a believer in that anymore. You know what? I don't want my writers to see the data for every blog post. And that's because it's going to want them to do something about it. Is that why? Or why don't you want them to see that? Because my goal is not to increase visits. My goal is not to increase conversions. My goal is to have impact. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how are we doing? How are we doing on visits? Well, well, guess what? If I'm driven by visits, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be driven by SEO. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be driven by broad topics. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it, 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 it takes me off. Now, do I want checks every now and then do I want to do like, I want us to be writing to intent. I want us to look at certain things. Now, again, if I'm Amazon, I, I've got cycles that go minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I forget who I was talking to but they were explaining to me that they have a nine to 15 month sales cycle and they've changed their approach three times in the last nine months. And I'm like, so they've changed their approach three times before they've even gotten through one sales cycle it, through, through, through one full period. Correct. Yeah. Which is not unusual, right? It's hard. Wait, this isn't, this doesn't look like it's working right. 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 It's like there, there, there's, there, there's an element of time that we've got to give to something like, there, again, there's a whole bunch of things right. that, that, that come into here. Um, and then like the thing that scares me as I look at a lot of these reports is I see a lot of dashboards and a lot of reports that, that are similar, mm-hmm. 
That scares the shit out of me, Jess. I know. Because now two people think they're looking at the same thing. But they're not. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, and, and so I actually have a question. Um, it's a genuine question. I'd love to get people's perspective on this. I, th- I think you need to figure out how to make it responsive. But, but is there something wrong with requiring a group of people to request a da- I mean, think about how many times we have an executive conversation and they're requesting a dashboard or a report or something. We're like, okay, well, what, it, what are you really looking to do here? What's the right. real, right? And it turns out that they were running down the road. Like, that's like, oh, wait, no, that, you're right. That's giving me, yeah, I need to rethink about this I, or, 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 or whatever the case may be. Um, yep. But, you know, if you think about, you know, we talk about the scoreboard and dashboards and metrics are, are scoreboard. Key performance yep. indicators are scoreboard. Yep. If you want to know how important the scoreboard is, just watch a bunch of kids before and after someone says, hey, everybody, let's keep score. So if everyone's keeping their own score, mm-hmm. how are we going to scale? You can't. Right? Yeah. You know, one of my favorite quotes on mastery I think it's a, at least I saw it. It was attributed to, to Bruce Lee. And he said, I do not fear the man who knows 2000 kicks. Mm-hmm. I fear the man who knows one kick and has done them 2000 times. So, yep. so rather than this whole spraying out of, of dashboards, the, the company we were talking to yesterday, they have, um, I, I saw as he was showing us 50 of 50 dashboards used. I mean, do they really need 50 dashboards? Do no, they, they really do. need 50 dashboards. No. And, <laughs> And so what's the cost of those 50 dashboards, right? When, when's the last time, like we want to do, like one of the things we try to do is, is dashboard audits. And so we're, audits. we're, we're doing that with that company that you're talking about right, right. now. But, but again, because there, there's no genesis of where this got created. It got created by 17 people. Yeah. That, and that's if you're the lucky, it's only having. 17 people. Yeah. Why did you do that? But it, it was created by 45 people and two thirds of those 45 people aren't there anymore. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I'm just seeing that like, it just creates, it just creates a whole lot more noise. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's the antithesis of, of alignment. So yeah, that, that, that's where I think reporting and dashboards go wrong. They suck up more time. And, and, and they create more confusion. All right. So how do you get the most out of your reports and dashboards? We talked about what not to do. I think we hit on several common mistakes, but, but what, how do you get the most out of your reports and dashboards? Um, you, you need to have, I mean, they, they come from strategy, mm-hmm. right? Which again, not from the strategic plan. They come from the strategy, right? There, there's a strong hypothesis or job, there, there's either a hypothesis that's supporting the reports or there's a job for the dashboard. Um, and, and by the way, when I, when I look at the, you know, when I look at our sales overview dashboard on an ongoing basis, I do ask the question, okay, this is supposed to give me a, a good, accurate, quick picture of how we doing. And so then I, okay, is this, is it still giving me that? I, I also think that, that once you get to a certain number, I don't know what that number is, but if you're going to add something, you got to take something out. 
as a matter of fact, what, what you're probably you're probably in a good place if if most companies are probably in a good place that for any report they add, two need to be subtracted. Oh, that's interesting. You know, if I need to know three hundred things, yep, to know what's going on, mm-hmm. I need to find something else to do. Now, now, by the way, I might not need to know. Like, there might be three hundred things that need to be known, but right? In the, in the but same you don't way need that to we know need to find three... objectives, etc. That that right. needs to cascade down, right? And so, like, how do your reports and dashboards? feed into each other so that there's one whole. So if I have 37 reports, where do those reports roll up into one thing? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to add to what you said around defining what your dashboard, what you want your dashboard to do. I also think you need to define who is that dashboard for? Who's the audience? Mm-hmm. Is that for, is that for an executive? Is that for a manager? Is that for a sales rep? Cause those are all three totally different audiences that might need to see some of the same reports, but certainly different dashboards. And, and you know, like there, there are certain metrics that you need. Like there's, there's a level of transparency that, that I do think is needed. But I don't think that like not every, everyone shouldn't know everything. Everyone shouldn't be able to see everything. Because yep. there's far too often that they're like every metric has context to it. If you're not aware of fully understanding the context, you're, you're, you're going to misread. So like it, it's okay that you don't know about this. Sometimes that's better. Right. And, and, and that's where I think that a major element of RevOps is, is, is reporting fulfillment. Yep. Right. Is a rep says, Hey, I need to know this. Yep. Okay. Is what you want to know, is that in alignment with, Mm -hmm. with, with the strategy? And we go, well, no, if a rep wants to know it, a rep's got to know it. I'm like, oh, really? Do, do we say the same thing about the person working on the manufacturing line? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I, it's like, no, no, you, like, this is the, um, and, and again, there's, there's more flexibility to it. It's not the same thing. It's a dynamic process. But, but there needs to be, there needs to be constraint to your reporting or you get no value from your reporting. I like that, so, yeah. so I also think, like, you've got to know what are the key elements of your business model that actually... Um, that actually moves like for, for us, average sales price, what, yep. what are we getting? Um, size of company as measured by seats. We're watching that. Yep. One, one of my favorite measurements is um, I like to look at my average numbers. You know, we talk about quintile analysis all the time. Yep. Um, but I also like to look at what, what I call my, uh, what I, I was taught this from strategic coach. What's your largest check? Your largest check is the five largest checks that you've gotten in the last 12 months. Yeah. And I like to see that largest check growing because we're in a, in a scaling mode. I right. want to see that largest check grow at a faster rate than overall, because that tells me I'm growing into new markets. Right. Yep. Right. So now I'm building my model behind that and I'm building my reporting structure behind that. So, so that it aligns. Yep. I've got I think some, that's how you go about it. Okay. Yep. I agree. Um, Got some key takeaways. We've talked about this one before, but reporting left on its own leads to averages and averages are normally not accurate. Um, You need to define what you want your dashboard to do or have a strong hypothesis um, when you're setting up your dashboards. The biggest value of metrics are identifying the surprises. I think that's really important. We don't think about that enough. And then um, in order to get the most value out of your dashboards and reports, you've got to have constraints on them. 
so I thought this was real interesting. This is a fun conversation. Yeah, more is not better here. Yeah, definitely. Jess? Doug? Tell your kids when they're out trick-or-treating tonight, just say no to shitty RevOps. I will. Until next time. That's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. I'm always a fan of the take presented here that your data shouldn't be giving you answers, but rather should be giving you information to ask more questions and to help guide future decisions. Data from the past will not tell you what's going to happen in the future. Use it more as a guide. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to listen to us. We'd really appreciate it if you left us a review and shared our episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about reporting, dashboards, or analytics, email me at hannahatliftenablement.com or hit us up on formerly Twitter, now X, at Demand Creator or LinkedIn at Lift Enablement. Until next time, just say no to shitty RevOps.